This is part five of The Facebook Files, an ongoing investigative series from The Journal. We're taking a deep look at Facebook through its own internal documents. If you're just tuning in, make sure to check out our earlier episodes. They're already in your feed. Our colleague Georgia Wells has been reporting on Facebook's strategy with younger users. One effort the company has been planning is something known as Instagram Kids, a version of Instagram for children under 13. This effort has been discussed publicly before, but Georgia has reviewed internal Facebook documents that show Instagram Kids is not the full extent of Facebook's plans. In the past, when I'd heard about Instagram Kids, it seemed like just like one more kind of additional tool, one more product they were tacking on. And after reading through these documents, I understand that Facebook really, really wants to find new avenues of growth. And they're very anxious about where that growth is going to come from. And so now they're looking to kids as that next frontier. And the documents show that the company has spent years studying how to make products specifically for children. The documents reveal Facebook is really, really interested in getting its products in the hands of children. This is a serious business undertaking. This is a serious business effort that marks children as this huge growth initiative. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. This is The Facebook Files, part five. Coming up on the show, the scope of Facebook's internal plans to make products for children. This episode of The Journal is brought to you by H&R Block. The gig is up. You could be overpaying for professional tax help. See how independent workers are saving up to 30% with Block Advisors compared to the cost of a typical accountant. Block Advisors by H&R Block can help you manage multiple streams of income and get you every available credit and deduction. 100% accuracy guaranteed. Schedule an appointment today at hrblock.com slash side hustle. Average savings based on national average fees for Federal Form 1040 plus Schedule C and one state filing in latest available 2020 survey conducted by the National Society of Accountants. Pricing may vary. See blackadvisors.com slash guarantees for full details. Facebook's big product for teen users is Instagram. In the U.S., 22 million teens log on to Instagram every day. But those teens aren't posting on the platform as much as they used to. This is not a huge wholesale decline of teenage use of Instagram. Instagram is still very hot, very popular among teenagers. But it's no longer the coolest, sexiest new app. The cool apps among teens are Snapchat and TikTok. TikTok just exploded on the scene a couple years ago. And it became very popular among tween girls doing lip syncing to professional music tracks, like to pop songs. And Snapchat took off years ago on college campuses with their disappearing messaging features and then kind of created new different features such as the AR face filters, the 
professionally produced content, the kind of mini video series that became very popular for young people. Both apps have become major competitors of Instagram. And the documents show that Facebook set out to study the competition. Facebook's researchers said that they estimated that teens spent two to three times more time on TikTok than they did on Instagram. Facebook's researchers had observed that teens said that they preferred using Snapchat for communication among their close friends. Here we've got these studies coming forward that is like, oh, okay, Instagram is not the preferred choice among teenagers, nor is it where they're spending the bulk of their time. And what is Facebook's fear here? Facebook's fear is that they could become irrelevant with young people. And they're afraid that they could, if they lose these users at this young age, they're gone for good. If they lose these users at this young age, they're gone for good, and TikTok or Snapchat could take their place, or some other new app that we haven't heard of yet. In a written statement, Instagram head Adam Masseri said that Facebook, like all technology companies, wants to appeal to the next generation. And to do so, he said Facebook has tried to understand how teens and preteens use technology. And that's not unusual. Many companies try to reach young users, but there's some particular challenges for tech companies. A federal privacy law that protects children makes it illegal to collect data on anyone under the age of 13. So tech companies have built separate apps for younger age groups. TikTok and YouTube each have products specifically for children, and Facebook does too. It has Messenger Kids, designed for ages six and up. And Facebook wants to do more. Around 2018, documents show that Facebook outlined a three-year goal to develop more products for children. Facebook needs to build their own competitor. Facebook wants to sign up these users before they get to their competitor. Facebook's researchers are interviewing teens, tweens, even younger kids, and asking them, like, hey, what do you want? What features do you use? And one of the things that comes out of this is all these, all of these children, teens, tweens are saying, sure, we like Instagram, we like Facebook, we like whatever, but, like, this is built for adults. This doesn't look like it was built for us. One area that Facebook researchers focused on was playdates. This document is called Exploring Playdates as a Growth Lever. Facebook here is looking at how do they insert themselves into the conversations that children are having on playdates. Like, is this a potential avenue for growth for us? And in these documents, they say, in the past, we've considered playdates as a potential area of opportunity for driving kid activations. And specifically, we want to further explore this area. So here they're looking at how children initiate playdates with other children and whether there's a way for Facebook to be a part of that. Like, could kids use a Facebook product to help this logistical planning of organizing a playdate and looping in their parents to, like, actually make it happen? And did Facebook try to use playdates as a growth lever? Facebook asked parents what they thought about it, and parents did not sound very enthused. And so at the end of this document, we see kind of some cautions that this could be a sensitive area. So it's something they need to think really carefully about if they proceed. And then, as far as I know, we haven't heard anything since. In a blog post in response to George's reporting, Facebook said the language of playdates as a growth lever was, quote, an insensitive way to pose a serious question. The documents also show that Facebook researchers 
zeroed in on a particular moment for kids, when they get their first smartphone, often around 10 years old or fifth grade. From the documents, we see Facebook's researchers talking to kids about that decision to put apps on their phone. And one of the findings is that kids are quite aware, at least according to Facebook's researchers, kids from a very young age are quite aware of what the app kind of landscape looks like and which ones they want. But Facebook researchers also spoke to parents and found that they have different ideas than their kids. So researchers came up with a framework to think about the parent-child dynamic. They described it as the youth helix. The document is from January 2018. It's posted internally on Facebook's message boards, and it's labeled confidential. And it shows this graph of who has more control in the whole phone, the app, social media experience. And at first, when kids get their phones, the parent has the power. But between the ages of 10 and 13, the lines cross. And that's when the kid starts to exert more power over their experience on their smartphone and with social media as they kind of show to their parents that they can be trustworthy. Also in the documents, we can see Facebook kind of discussing what are these different tools and products that kind of would be hot for kids. And so you can see Facebook's researchers thinking about kind of during this like youth helix kind of transition mode from the parents in control to the kid is in control, what are different things we could offer kids that would be really hot, that would be useful, and that could make kids want to choose us? We see very clearly Facebook is identifying this like, they want to make stuff that kids want, but they're going to have this uphill battle trying to make sure the parents are comfortable with these things that the company wants to introduce their children to. The end of the document says, designing for parents and youth is critical to our success going forward. And Facebook is thinking beyond preteens. One document Georgia reviewed suggests Facebook has considered ways to reach even younger children. There's a pair of charts in this document. Above them is the title, Where We've Been and Where We're Going. The chart on the left is labeled Today. It shows three groups stacked on top of each other. Each group is labeled adults, teens over 13, and anyone younger than that. There's a stop sign at 13. The area below the stop sign for users under 13 is grayed out. The chart on the right is labeled in the future. In this chart, there's no stop sign. And instead of three groups, there are six. They lay out these buckets of ages that they recommend Facebook use when they're designing products for children. And these buckets start at age zero. There's young kids, kids, tweens, teens, and late teens, and then adults. What really jumped out at me from these buckets is the first one is for young kids ages zero to four. That is so far beyond the user base of any of the current Facebook products. And when is this document from? It's from early 2021. It's very recent. In a written statement, Facebook spokesman Andy Stone said the chart outlined the stages of childhood for internal discussion. Throughout this year, Facebook's work on children's products continued. But then, in recent days, something happened that would put the company's plans in jeopardy. That's after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. As Facebook researched new products for children, company executives like Adam Masseri said that safety is a big reason why these products were necessary. Right now, kids use existing products by simply lying about their age. And that's why the company was developing its Instagram Kids product. Here's Masseri at an event earlier this year. Our hope is to build a version that's designed for kids, that where yeah. parents have the right amount of sort of oversight and can help out because that's got to be safer. I'm a dad. so I would Even though the plan drew a lot of opposition from lawmakers and parents, the company said it planned to keep moving ahead. But that changed in mid-September when Georgia reported on internal Facebook research on Instagram and its effects on teen mental health. Facebook's own research found that Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, is toxic for teen girls. The company has said in a secret briefing, quote, we make body image worse for one in three teen girls. And the company has known about it for years. In the wake of Georgia's story, at a previously scheduled hearing, lawmakers like Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal voiced concerns. First, let me just ask a few questions about the Wall Street Journal investigative report showing the heinously destructive impact of Instagram on teens. Despite that horrifying risk, Facebook is now dead set on pushing Instagram to even younger children. A Senate subcommittee chaired by Blumenthal said it would launch a probe into Facebook's research and organized a separate hearing for lawmakers to put their questions to Facebook directly. Then, three days before the hearing... Adam Lucier is the head of Instagram. He's with us exclusively this Monday morning. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Adam Masseri went on one of the biggest morning shows in the country, NBC's The Today Show, to make an announcement about Instagram kids. But today, we want to talk about how we're going to put the work on pause. Masseri said that Instagram still believed in the mission of Instagram kids, but that the company would put work on the app on hold and take time to hear from parents, researchers, and safety experts. And I have to believe that a world where there's a version of Instagram that's designed for tweens, one where there's no ads, where there's age-appropriate content, and one where a parent can choose to let their child use it and control things like who they follow and who they message— is better than the alternative. Later that afternoon, Masseri tweeted, quote, Of course it's better for Instagram to have more people on Instagram in the long run. We've always been open about that. 
But the primary motivation for this project has always been, and will continue to be, safety. Instagram has also said it will turn over some of its internal research on teen mental health to Congress and to the public. And at the Senate hearing, Georgia expects lawmakers to ask Facebook tough questions. They're concerned about Facebook's kind of new ambitions for kids, given in the past when they identified harms for teens, they didn't tell them. We've heard from Ed Markey, we've heard from Richard Blumenthal, Marsha Blackburn, who have all expressed concerns. And these concerns kind of stretch wide across both sides of the aisle. So Richard Blumenthal and Marsha Blackburn hardly agree on anything. And they have both expressed concerns and have written letters to Facebook together asking for more information about this. One of the other reasons Thursday's hearing is interesting is that that will also give us a little bit of a window into what lawmakers are thinking about for their role in the future. Because at least in the U.S., like this is very much the Wild West for kids on social media. And I think we, like, we want to know whether lawmakers, how they view this expanding landscape. What do you hope people take away from this story? Now we know what Facebook has wanted to do here. Facebook has wanted to sign younger users up for its products. And I think there's a lot of questions about that for parents and for regulators. But they didn't know what was happening at Facebook, so they didn't know what questions they should be asking about this. But I think this speaks to some of the much broader trends and themes of what's happening on the internet, is young people are spending more time on screens, and there's new ways children have found to use and abuse social media. And Facebook has been moving very quickly towards a world in which they would like to see more children on these apps. And I think lawmakers and parents, from the response to this, they clearly want to be a part of these conversations. Part of the Journal podcast, a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Jeff Horwitz for his reporting on this story. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. This series was produced by Pia Godkari, Max Green, and Martin Kessler, with production help from Willa Rubin. This episode was edited by Annie Rose Strasser. Special thanks to Catherine Brewer, Colin Campbell, Anthony Galloway, Mitchell Paselli, Lydia Polgreen, Matthew Rose, and Rob Rossi. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapok. Our theme music is by So Wiley and remixed by Peter Leonard. Additional music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. And thanks to the whole journal team. Priscilla Alabi, Sam Baer, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Novetsky, Sarah Platt, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Matthew Sherman, and Kayla Stokes. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.